Whoops. Welcome to Trinity Radio, and after a week's absence, we are back. I am back, but I'm not alone. With me, as always, is my trusty companion. I won't say sidekick. I Dumb won't say, sidekick? I won't say he's the short round to my Indiana Jones, <laughs> the Robin to my Batman, but uh, he is all those things, and here he is, Dr. Hello. Jonathan Pritchett. Glad to be here. We are so excited that you all are here with us today. Let's and- try to look like it. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Let's try to look like we're excited. I, I we should be excited. I, I'm, I'm really. I'm excited. excited. I, I always, I always uh, get excited when we come back after a week off. Uh, what were we doing last? Oh yeah, we had, you had something. Uh, I had to go get my daughter. From oh, that's camp. right. That's right. You had more so, important things to do. It, it was. Yeah. Um, Family first. Ethan buddy. says we missed one of the two of you. Um, I, I feel that and they probably missed you. I, I don't know. You it would can't be, make... it would be, I would be heartbroken if you actually missed me, that would break my heart because I'm not worthy of it. Of course you should you be are. thankful for the break. This is nonsense. Mouth. Today yeah. we're going to be talking about some videos. People have made some short videos that, uh, that talk about why they left Christianity. And I have done some of those on my own in the past. I think we did one live stream where Pritchett chimed in and people liked that. So, Pritchett, uh, are you feeling like interacting with some, what I have said, mid-reasons to walk away Mid, from Christianity? You could tell we have teenage daughters with the way we're <laughs> doing it. Still not 100% it. I'm using it right, right so right. you're not allowed to technically get mad because I don't right. know if I'm we're, using it right. Yeah, we're... Uh, I think I'm using it right. We're old people today sort of. trying to be, hey, what's up, cool guys? That's us today. 
Um, we're wearing tennis shoes. Like we're right. the youth pastor that, or the pastor that never wears tennis shoes, but he does when he speaks to the youth because he wants to feel right. like he's he's connecting. Or the or you know the senior pastor who doesn't tuck in his shirt like Fred, our pastor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's in his fifties. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Pritchett, what do you have to say to set this up? Anything? Yeah, I actually watched these in advance. Uh, the some of these, I think, um, you sent me a whole list of, of TikTok and YouTube stuff, and I was like, eh. So yeah, we're gonna respond to to uh, they're popular, I take it, but you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and before anyone says, oh, that's the low hanging fruit. Okay, well, that's what's out there, right? And I, you know, it makes me want to just put out low hanging fruit apologetics. I really do. Like make a channel that is your just like, yeah, just low, just everything that makes our student David Palman mad. Mm -hmm. Like I want to do that kind of apologetics that he's always ranting about on Facebook because he's young and trying to be edgy instead mm -hmm. of lifting weights. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to start a channel that's just that so that so that all the atheist YouTubers can just continually promote my content by whining about what I say on TikTok. Now, so now, over the top now, now. Uh, amateur hour apologetics <clears throat> and it just irritates of the death. Well, let's get on with this interaction with the, or reaction to these uh, responses. Uh, you won't be able to see us, but you will be able to hear us here in just a second. So, um, oh, you will be able to see us. I forgot that I did that. Okay, now this gentleman um, is what we're going to start with. Let's go ahead and just start playing it. I, I think you'll have plenty to say, Pritchett. What's up, folks? I want to do a quick video for those who would um, question whether or not I was truly saved. Um, I went to church five days a week for over 10 years. Um, I studied the Bible hours every day. Um, for those uh, who are familiar with lexicons, concordances, the, the uh, uh, Latin, Greek, and Hebrew, all that good stuff. I went beyond that. And uh, the reason I started to dig and I started to doubt is because I would take the word and apply it to my life. And then I would expect for the word to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. When I Okay, we're going we're gonna to keep going. But I want you to remember that he has just said, I began to doubt because I applied the word and... Uh, and what did he say exactly? For the word to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. When I found that I was. So he, he expected the word to accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. Yeah. Okay. We're going to come back to that. The hits, but ignoring the misses as far as prayer is concerned. That okay. When it comes to prayer, counting the hits and ignoring the misses. Prayer itself is no different from a rolling of the dice. These concepts, um, I begin to challenge because my life and what I saw in my observable reality did not uh, match what that book said. And I started to study deeper and found out, oh, wow. So this book is really the result of men, many different men. We know nothing about them. But that's why I'm not a Christian anymore. Okay, so there you have it, Pritchett. Um, we'll go back into the other room here. So initial thoughts, Jonathan. Well, first of all, I... Critics of people like I wish uh, people on our side would stop accusing them of never having been Christian. So regardless of whatever your theology is on that. Mm -hmm. So you're like, well, if you stop being a Christian, it means you're never a real one in the first place or whatever. Whatever your theology is on that is irrelevant um, because in a cultural sense, they, it's, it's appropriate to say it, it was Christian culturally. That's fine. Because he probably was a Christian in the in the sense of the he he participated with 
the church, right? Mm-hmm. Whether he was mm-hmm. truly saved or not, uh, my theology is allows, allows for, for for someone to apostatize. But even if yours doesn't, there's still a sense in which they were identifying themselves as Christian and participating in the Christian community. So, you know, quib- quibbling with them, I think, is is unnecessary. And so. So that's I wish, a nice. I wish people, that's a nice way to start. Yeah, yeah, but then he says he he read the the last. So I'm guessing he he spent hours reading the Vulgate, Jerome's uh, mm. dr- <laughs> Yeah, because he says the the Latin, the yeah, Greek, and the, the Hebrew. Latin, he studied Greek, yeah. all of for that hours. For hours, and he studied the word for hours. Yeah. every day. I I have not studied the Vulgate. Have you? Studied what? How are we saying studied? Not really. No. I mean, I've opened. It, I've looked <laughs> at it. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> It's like not to spend hours with, but okay. So he did all this, but one of the things that, that initially struck me is that he wanted to apply the Bible to himself, mm-hmm. right? Because he thought that now the Bible does say God's word does not return void. Now, whether or not that was like in reference to scripture, is a different matter, but um, that it was accomplished all that, that, that God intends for it to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. The thing is, one of the things that, that always strikes me with, with people who talk like this is what they got from the Bible is what it's supposed to do for me. Mm-hmm. And if if your initial complaint is the Bible didn't do for me what I thought it would, if you thought it was all about doing something for you, mm-hmm. you kind of missed the point of the Bible in the first place. So, yeah, well, or you I, didn't or you didn't study because it's not really about you. That's true. That's true. And uh, but there's a couple of things I want to say now. There's two ways we could take his comments here. Number one, we could say, all right, look, he's saying it. He's indicating that it didn't accomplish what it was supposed to accomplish. Well, um, if you're telling me that you devoted yourself to the study of the word of God at an incredibly deep level and applied the word of God to your life, that is. So what we're saying about you is you were going around loving people. The the goal was just, I mean, it was self-sacrificial. I'm helping people. I'm going out of my way to to be a light in the world. I'm 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 trying to appreciate and learn from the wisdom in say the the parables of Jesus and things like that. Then uh, I I just simply can't believe that it did that it wouldn't accomplish some benefits for you. Uh, now. I think what he might mean is that in the sum total, if you take everything that the Bible says, that that, that ultimately it doesn't answer those supernatural things, that, that those ultimate questions or whatever, the way that he thinks it can accomplish that, it doesn't accomplish that. Uh, but but let's put that, let's just put a pin in that for a second, and let's look at just the b- value of the Bible for someone's life, living their life. You read the, the story of the Good Samaritan and got nothing? Like that didn't do anything for you. That's just... I, that's just a waste of time reading that or something. Sure. I mean, if what? the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself, and you're like, I want this to be all about me, then of course it's well, not Well, he didn't say that. <laughs> that is an I'm assumption just, you're putting in there. I'm just saying, though. Um, um, well, and as far as like counting the hits and, and not the misses. Well, we're coming to that, but let's yeah. stay on this for just a second. So before you go on to that, uh, I do want to say now, if what he is saying is um, – the Bible did not accomplish. He could be saying, I'm going to be charitable. Now, I could see him coming back to us and just saying, no, I'm saying there's no benefit. But I'm going to be charitable to him from my perspective and say maybe what he means is, no, 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 it's not that there aren't some good moral teachings in the Bible. We've heard atheists say that. There's some good moral teachings, maybe not as many as you uh, think that there are, but uh, but there are some good moral teachings. It's just that what it was supposed to accomplish for me in terms of, what, my personal salvation, my... Uh, 
reformed by the Holy Spirit, something like that. It didn't accomplish that. Well, that would be a bit of a, se- a separate question. But then uh, the, the issue there is more about it, what were you expecting? When people come to Christ, I, I often tell them, you know, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't I be, they, they might think, well, should I be levitating or something if I just received the Holy Spirit? Uh, no, you, d- you became a Christian. You didn't become a Jedi. Didn't you, became, you didn't become a Jedi. You became a Christian. If it did happen to you, it's the first time hearing of it, and I would like for you to I demonstrate mean, a lot, a lot of people, you know, have different experiences. That, and they could. It's not impossible yeah. that God could levitate somebody. But what I'm saying is you should, there's no reason, biblically speaking, to expect that sort right. of response. What you do here is you exercise faith. Oh, we're exercising faith now. Don't you know, Braxton, that faith is um, uh, uh, believing in what you know ain't so? Don't you know that faith is is my faith against anybody else's faith? of some other religion. It just, it's just equal because we're both exercising faith. Well, as we've said many times on this show and many other channels like this have said, uh, faith is, uh, better understand the, the word pistis is better understood for these purposes as trust you're trusting. And so when you commit your life to Christ on the basis of the word of God, you're trusting that what the Bible says is going to be accomplished ultimately for you will be accomplished because of the good reasons, the good evidences you have, to believe what God has done in the past. So there's trust, but it's not baseless trust. It's trusting in something uh, that, uh, that that you have good evidence for. So I'm not. if what this man is saying is, why well, it didn't accomplish for me like moral reform or good wisdom for life, I just think that's false. And if what he means is supernaturally speaking, I don't think it accomplishes that. Well, you, you wouldn't necessarily absolutely know for sure because what you're talking about is what God's going to do. Yes, we know in an unseen way God is doing something for you right now, and we think there's evidence of that in our own subjective experiences. But what you're really speaking to is the ultimate sense. Is Jesus going to do for me ultimately? And he won't do that. It, in that way, it's, it doesn't accomplish this. But how could you possibly know that? So I think it fails on both of those fronts, Pritchett. And now, I guess, the prayer stuff, if you want to talk about the prayer. Well, yeah, I mean, I... I hear this criticism a lot, but for me, it's like a lot of people have false expectations. So, you know, I've talked about in the past, my, I have a family in the AOG and they believe that speaking in tongues is, is evidence of baptism of the spirit or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, I reject that view. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in speaking in tongues. I am a charismatic. I'm a cessationist, right? Mm-hmm. I have done what Paul said and seek the gifts, right? And I have never spoken in tongues, right? And I believe it. Now, my dad was a cessationist. I'm not a cessationist, right? My dad Mm. was. He's not anymore. No, he's not anymore. (laughs) I prayed for miraculous healing from his stage four lung cancer that he acknowledged he deserved after smoking three packs a day for 35 years. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, why would God miraculously... That was his thought about it. Why would God do this for me when I'm not... When I knew better. I knew better. He saw saw that there would be good reason, perhaps, in that. But but I was like, I prayed, but I don't count the prayers that don't go the way I want as misses. Right. I'm glad you said that. There's a misunderstanding in his mind that because you don't always get what you want, that's that's a miss or even when bad things happen, go back to the problem of evil or whatever, as if, as if God doesn't have some purpose in that for you mm-hmm. to redeem it for good. Mm-hmm. Right. It's something that happens to you personally. Mm-hmm. So I think what he's counting, calling a misses, I think he also missed the point of the Bible where uh, you are going to be disappointed sometimes. Sure. Right. There's a whole 
section of the Psalms about disappointment. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, and expressing grievances to God. So taking what you've just said, we don't, we don't see what you call misses as misses, a prayer that wasn't answered the way we want or at the time we want or whatever like that. We don't see those as misses. We see our relationship with God as an interactive one. And as a result, sometimes he's going to say yes. Sometimes he's not going to say yes, uh, at least not yet. Sometimes he's going to say no. There's, there's, because he's not a genie, right? We all say, churches have said this for you. He's not a genie. Uh, so you're, you're doing, he's a real person who interacts um, in, in such a way that he might say no. Now, in the thing about miss, but, but since we don't think of those as misses, Pritchett, and we think of them as uh, just God may answer differently than we expect, then uh, it's, not, it, it's not like we see when prayers don't get answers as necessarily evidence against our position. And for those of us, listen to me, Internet, for those of us who have been in the faith for a long time and we are and we, we have mounted up a lot of uh, at least a number of hits. Now, I would take your point if those hits weren't often so dramatic. OK, now you might say, well, that would happen given enough time anyway. Well, the numbers on this, the chances of this get really out, out of control really fast. Let me give you an example. Some of you may be familiar with, of the, with this, but Mike Lycona uh, was talking about this on one occasion. He calls it radically answered prayer. And he said this in a, in, a, in a speech he was giving somewhere. I'm not just talking about the kind of prayers, Lord, I'm traveling from San Jose, driving up Sacramento from this afternoon's event. Please keep me safe. And I get here safe. Oh, God answered my prayer. I'm talking instead, he should say, about radically answered prayer. I've been a Christian for 45 years, like Hona says. I can say probably I can count them on a single hand, radically answered prayers that I've experienced. I'm going to give you just one, but it doesn't come from me. It comes from an atheist. Now, listen close because you'll see what I mean about, about this sort of thing. He goes on to describe an email exchange with an atheist friend who recounts his previous experience of prayer in church as follows. One time, so this is the atheist in an email to Mike. One time, my church desperately needed $7,641 in order to keep going. After an all-night prayer meeting, my dad went to pick up the mail, and in it was a check for exactly $7,641 after an all-night prayer meeting from someone who didn't even know the church needed the money but had heard one of the pastors speak a few years ago. My dad contacted the giver, and she said that after she'd heard the pastor speak, she felt God wanted her to put some cash in an annuity and give it to our church. The process took several years, and just days before she decided to close the account and send the accrued money to the church, and it happened to be the exact amount that was needed right after an all-night prayer meeting. Now listen to what Lycona says about this. Mike concludes by quoting the same atheist as saying just a few lines later, quote, I looked as hard as I could, but finally I realized I had no good reasons to think God exists. Now, even if you want to go with the whole count the misses uh, or count the hits and not the misses thing with this, I think we would all look at a situation like that and at least say, I understand why Christians would see that evidence, assuming all that's true, would see that evidence. I understand why they would say, okay, okay. Even if there are a lot of what we as atheists might call misses, um, even if there are a lot of prayers that don't get answered in the way the prayer wants them to be answered, stuff like that counts for something. It is dramatic. It is, in the words of Lycona, radically answered prayer. And so it's not as though, well, sometimes God answers my prayer and it could have been anything, and sometimes he doesn't. It's like, no, sometimes when he answers them, they are dramatic. And Pritchett, I know I've been being a windbag here. I'll say one last thing. People who have listened for a long time have heard me say this. I haven't said it in over a year, I think. But when I was pastoring, and there are people on earth who were involved who can, who can uh, testify to this, 
Although that's a bit like me, you know, that's, it's like Paul saying there's 500. I'm saying it. Those, some of those people watch the show, but um, I, I want you to, I want you to know that when I was pastoring, I would pray that we would have a certain number of people in Sunday school that morning. Now you might think, well, that's a pretty carnal thing to do. Whatever. Judge me all you want. The point is I would pray. And sometimes I would pray for a specific number. Now, later, I had a friend who was in ministry who said, don't pray for a specific number, pray for at least that specific number. And so I did start to pray that way. But on many occasions, the number was like exactly the number. And what I would do is I'd come down from my office and I would go to uh, the, the, uh, the, the, what is he, the chairman of the Sunday school, whatever, he's the Sunday school guy, and Sunday school director. And uh, he was named Joe Grissom. And he would come to me and he knew that I would do this and he would have a piece of paper folded up. He said, what did you pray for? And I would tell him 261 or something. And he would open it up 261. It didn't always happen, but it often happened. And those numbers fluctuated pretty wildly, much to my dismay. But yet still, it seemed like God gave those answers. Now, I understand you're hearing that from me subjectively. The point I'm trying to make is if you're a Christian and if you lived for, let's say, a couple of decades as a Christian, you start to see things like this and it becomes more and more difficult to deny uh, the success of prayer, despite what uh, atheist popularizers might say, Bridget. Yeah, uh, there was a comment. Well, number one, did you get uh, Jim Amberg's uh, super chat? We do need to get to that. Thank you very much. I knew he wouldn't mind if I was a windbag for a little bit. Thank you, yeah. Jim Amberg, our channel angel. Well, and I'm glad that you were a windbag because there was a comment by Shawnee that I think was kind of insightful, um, and and maybe um, by who? Uh, Shawnee. This one. Yes. Because I, I, I think, because I have seen, I have seen a lot of that when people talk about, well, I applied the principles of the scripture expecting a certain outcome. And that is language that's common in the uh, prosperity gospel community, you know. And in such a case, I would have sympathy with him. And I do have sympathy yeah. with him. But he told us that he investigated all of this himself in the original languages and Latin. Right. So, um, so now it's not the, the directives that his church background and that would be him. the kind of goofy error that someone in the prosperity gospel would make to talk about the Latin, but along with the Greek and Hebrew. But I, I but I have that. I have seen that uh, where a lot of people have have set themselves up for disappointment, thinking that the Bible operates in a certain way, and you see a lot of that in the health and wealth stuff. That if mm -hmm. that that if you do certain things, and the preacher said if you do these things, these results will inevitably follow, and they don't mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot mm -hmm. of the times mm -hmm. and so i i think there's a lot of uh a lot of the ex-christians either come from the independent fundamentalist type backgrounds or they come from the prosperity gospel type backgrounds those those two typically are the most common every now and then you know you get uh, the son of a southern baptist preacher who forms the atheist rs chapter of your local town but um, typically they come out of these fundamentalist churches or the prosperity churches. So Jim Amberg says, I mean, if God answered every prayer, there would have been a lot of youth group dorks married to Pam Anderson. In the 90s. <laughs> I would have been one of them. <laughs> wow. So true. Oh, it would have so been Cindy true. Crawford for me, but yes. Yeah. Um, everybody's Googling who is Cindy Crawford. Now. Yeah. Who is um, Cindy Crawford? <laughs> Dating ourselves big time. Yeah. But who didn't watch Baywatch? I mean, come on, man. The hop, man. Okay, here's a good question. Well, first of all, there was another good question uh, that, that I wanted to get. We are going to move on to more videos. I just wanted, uh, I just wanted to catch a couple of things 
Someone said, uh, oh, doesn't now this has to do with, uh, you know, Pritchett's talking about, you know, affirming a type of apostasy that is understood as a conditional security where perhaps someone walks away. And Jeff Phelps asked, doesn't the Bible say that if you left, you never really belong to the faith? No, not uh, exactly. Well, well, I was going to say, yes, it says that, but not only that. Well, it said, it, 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 well, is he, he's probably talking about First John, right? Yeah, they and went then, out from us. They, they went out were, from us because they were never of us. Uh, if they had yeah. been of us, they wouldn't have gone out from right. us. And the, but understand, we got to be cautious here. Perhaps that isn't something that, that is a, a concept that is applicable to the church at large. Or perhaps that was a statement made about the people in that church split in first john yeah um church split tm but uh that that's that that could be just talking about those specific people those people went out from us because they never were of us yeah that's one of other that's one of several options that i have because i believe all of it where it says Mm -hmm. yes some could have never been of us because they were they went out from us some you know never knew you that that's that's real. Or you know what else is real? Shipwrecking your faith is real. You know, but, but, cut but, off and tossed to the fire. I mean, but, but also, you know, the the whole. Um, uh, well, I lost it. Go on. I so so I'm just it. saying, it, it, it's not a it's not an either either or. It's oh, a but I was going to say to take up for uh, eternal security. It is it, it is one could argue, and people have argued that no, that is a principle that's true of the entire church because. How else would this? How else would the author John claim to know this about these particular people, um, except to say that this is something that is true when people walk away? Now that may or may not be compelling to you. That's one of those your mileage may vary type things. Yeah, varies <laughs> yeah. a lot on that one. Okay, uh, on to the That's next a salvage job. The ES. Oh, there was right. another. There was another one we were going to get to. Uh, well, if God answered prayer, we saw that one. What was the other one that we saw? Oh, here we go. Um, Kevin Nontraticast says, do you suspect there is some empirically verifiable aspect to prayer? Most Christians would say that they wouldn't expect this, I think, but most Christians I know are Catholic. Ha ha. Uh, yes. Empirically verifiable. Like, so, you know, if we knew the people and we had this the person has cancer, it's going to kill them. And all of a sudden they prayed. And then mm-hmm. sometime later, the can we, I mean, Craig Keener has stuff on that. Right now, you, yeah. right there's a whole book, and yeah. Strobel's got a book, and then Keener has a more uh, approachable book, and things yeah. like that. But um, but there's also you know one of the things about prayer. So so if you often these prayer studies and things like that are not done the way that good research should be done, and that is taking into account what the people who are doing the who are believing in the prayer say about how the prayer works. So if you're going to test, say the New Testament understanding of prayer then you need to follow the New Testament principles. Otherwise, you're just doing it wrong. And there are a number of things there. It doesn't say that a lot of times people speak as though, well, it says whatever you ask in my name, I'll do so. You know, it's, uh, hey, that's that. whatever I ask, if I ask for a Corvette, if I ask for this or that. Or they might even say to make it more char- charitable to them, they might say, uh, or if I, especially if I pray for, say, a, an a- ailing believer, I, we sh- God would want that. Or pray for someone's salvation. Of course, there's issues of, free will there, but these are things God would want. The thing is, you don't just get whatever you ask for because you attach Jesus's name on the end of it. Asking in the name of Jesus is asking in the name of your patron. That is according to his uh, desires, something that he actually does want. Now that, spe- that speaks against the, I want a Corvette type of thing. Maybe he wants you to have a Corvette, but you don't, can't know that he wants you to have a Corvette. And I'm not sure why he wants you to have a Corvette. But uh, on the other hand, what if you are praying for someone 
and you expect it. You can't guarantee that God's going to answer that either because it could be that God knows. God knows, uh, and we're going to get into this more with another video, but it could be that God knows the whole chessboard and he sees what you don't see there. And uh, I'm not just giving the simple answer of God's ways are not our ways, except to say he's a person. And if he's omniscient, he might know that strategically for the kingdom or for your life or for whatever, it might be better if he doesn't grant this particular thing that you're asking. On top of that, it ha it, ha it needs to be a prayer that is asked with a genuine spirit. You need to be asking with, with a, a a, you know, good motives and things like that. Often when they do these kind of prayer studies, number one, you, you can't know uh, uh, who is praying for the people that are not supposed to be being prayed for because it's kind of hard to stop people from praying for people, yeah. right? Even if they're praying indirectly, someone who But see, that, that's, that, that empirically verifiable doesn't necessarily entail having Just, a testable, know, repeatable experiment, you know, with the placebo group and all of that stuff. It doesn't, I mean, that's a bit, I mean, because I wouldn't expect miracles to be repeatable, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, that doesn't mean that a similar miracle can't be repeated, but like, you can't rewind the clock and run the experiment again for a particular, like, you know, every situation is going to be different in how God answers prayers in those kinds of verifiable ways. But, but it could be as verifiable as, I mean, what, what kind of prayers? Like, so if you and I are sitting down and before dinner, you pray that God blesses the food you're about to eat to the nourishment of our body. And I pray that in front of my family, you know, mm -hmm. well, we can empirically verify you know, what food is being eaten <laughs> and how far it's blessing as far in terms of nourishment, right? And how much of it's just GMW Cheetos. just says, I just so, prayed that this comment would be read. Well, well, actually, uh, GMW had another comment that, uh, talking well, before about, we get there, let's finish up with Kevin because he comes back and says, yes, this to me says, no, prayer is not empirically verifiable, which is, I think the most commonly held position. Again, I think now, um, well, it is empirically verifiable to the person that lives the Christian life for them. Uh, it's their subjective experience. It doesn't help you. But I mean, I guess they see the empirical evidence again and again and again in life, if we can use the word. But that isn't way. that just counting the hits and ignoring the misses? Though? That, we will be back to that. Discussion. Right. Well, no, because on the basis of what I said a moment ago, yeah, I think the quality of radically answered prayers, uh, it's a different quality. Yeah. So I'm 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 sticking with uh, to me it, it should say yes because there are cases to which now you can try to find and this is what I always this is a, a clever trick that the atheists like to I'm not saying Kevin's doing this but the clever mm -hmm. trick the atheists like to do is okay well those cases where somebody's disease radically there could be a natural explanation for that of course uh, of course but they would why aren't they hunting that down to try to figure out how to duplicate that well what's the you, natural explanation right and even if so why is it well a an earthquake is a is a natural occurring phenomena, but it just so happened to swallow up the rebellion of course. So yes, a lot the, of it has the to religiously do with the, informed theater of the event right. it makes a big difference. We like I've said before, when when Jesus healed the man with the withered hand or whatever, I, I would imagine if the, we could see at the at the cellular level or something there was some, yeah. there was there was a process beginning and changing in him that you would probably be able to you know, observe if you have the right equipment. Right. There's a manipulation of the natural world occurring. That's the whole, you know, point of a lot of these miracles are manipulations of mm -hmm. the natural world. To and, and this is a good it. way, right. a good reason why Plantinga, for example, says it's not a violation of nature. It's an intervention in nature. Right. It's a cheat code. God. Yeah. And, and God knows how to do all that stuff.
Right. Um, well, he wrote the code. But uh, GMW had another comment relating to our previous statement that I thought was really good about. This something. is. I just want to finish up with him and say this is fair to what I said anyway. That when you say it's empirically verifiable to an individual, that's like saying maybe subjectively verifiable or something. That's fine. I'm just saying that there is a, a demonstrable external evidence, at least to some people, that this is real because they know that multiple times in their life they've prayed and had radically answered prayer happen, let's say. Um, okay. Anyway, the comment Dr. Brown said, depart from me, I never knew you, um, is what Jews... What, what's, where's that? Um, Dr. Brown, just right oh, over it. Yeah. There you go. Dr. Brown talks about that I never knew you was something Jews would say when kings went out of the synagogue. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people want to read like salvific metaphysics all into where that could just be a figure of speech is like depart from me. I never do you, you know, I mean, people say people talk like emphatic terms and hyperbolic terms now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just the rhetoric they're using as opposed to like some big theological statement. So yeah, yeah. that's, I, I appreciate whenever they bring insights like this, like, Oh, there's just more normal way of reading that. So Uber says Muslims attribute the healing to their God, Hindus to theirs. Is Jesus healing these people only for them to give credit to their God? So now what we're doing here, now I, at first I thought what you were asking was, and, and maybe there is some of this in there, is, well, hey, look, all these other religions are having something that they say is like this. So how could we ever know that it's Jesus or something? Now, actually, you're asking a theological question. Uh, about from within a Christian perspective, why would why would this be happening this way and perhaps bolstering the faith of, of in some other religion? But let me do answer that. I do want to answer this question that you didn't ask uh, first, but I, I want to say that the evidence is to believe Christianity is true, that we would share with other people and expect them to believe. Uh, we wouldn't naturally go to prayer. Typically, we would go to things like the theistic arguments, the resurrection, things like that. Uh, this is more of a defense of criticisms against prayer that we're dealing with here. Not so much, oh, look, at prayer, now that's an apologetic for Christianity. It does serve in a sense that way, but it, but it only serves that, serves that way most of the time as a confirmation to the person who experiences it. Would you agree with all that, Pritchett? No? I wasn't listening. Okay. Well, the where you would go for evidence, you wouldn't naturally just go, oh, look at all these prayers, although one could do that. Um, and it may or may not be persuasive to someone, but the, we should go to the standard arguments that we give uh, for believing that Christianity is true. Now, why would uh, what about people in other religions that that claim these kind of healings? Well, we would have to look at those. I don't know what the evidence is for those kind of healings and miracles and stuff. Um, lay them out for me and we'll look at them case by case. We would need to know, does does this seem to be like the sort of things that do happen in Christianity Maybe you want to say, yes, absolutely. I, I don't know that. I would want to see that. And then from within Christianity, I would assess why would God in this particular situation heal someone? Or was it God? Uh, yeah, or was it God that, that interacted here? Because, of course, on Christianity, we believe that there are a number of supernatural beings. Now, uh, you might, again, you might say, well, yeah, but then, well, then that's just, that sounds like um, a cop-out maybe. But again, that's if we're looking at all this as evidence as independent evidence for Christianity. That's not how we typically look at prayer. At least I don't, and John Pritchett doesn't. We look at the evidences that we typically give on right. this channel. So we're giving more of a defense here. Idol killers here. When are you coming on, Warren? We need to get that that nailed down whenever you uh, have a Friday open. 
Yeah, here's here's a good summary. Jim Amberg says, I'll believe it when the Hindu Craig Keener lists some pretty good miracles. I don't hear many Hindu miracles. Just the one creepy guy who didn't eat sleep for years. That was a really interesting one. But my understanding is that they filmed him uh, for a period of time and he would walk out of frame every now and then. And the best explanation people have given is that it's there during that time that he ate something or drank something. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Bible Unfiltered, thank you for that super chat, says, oh, come on. chipping in for Pritchett's beard no, oil. Pritchett fine. does not bother with, be oh, come on. That is, that, you know what? Of all the comments we've ever gotten to take a swipe at me and, and all the keyboard jihadists that want to kill us and atheists who want our babies dead and all that. <laughs> what? Yeah, they're Easy, awful pal. people. <laughs> uh, the worst thing you could say is you, you want me to buy beard oil. Because <laughs> I... I I, I frown. I want men to tuck in their shirts and stop using beard oil, okay? It's a grooming product. Why do you want men to me. stop using beard Have you just given up? Is this what they call it when uh, you uh, stop trying? Or what do, they, you, you, what do they call that? When a married person gets married and then later on they just stop trying? Um, anyway, that's, is that what you're doing? Yeah, uh, no, obviously. I have... <laughs> And, Give me uh, a chance I, to talk about fitness. You blew it. Yeah, I um, mean, uh, it's... But yeah, I, beard oil... You you use that stuff occasionally. I always take swipes at if the, I want to look and smell Theo nice bro. for my lady. I take swipes at the Theo Bros and your Theo Bro uh, for their beard oil stuff and and all that. Anyway, it's fun. Um, okay, next video because we've gone too long without the next video. Uh, let's go back into our little video room. Why do I say things like that? It's so cringe. Uh, uh, um, it's so. Mid. I don't know what's coming next. Mid? Let's just. Let's, okay, we're going to... Top gonna, five reasons I stopped considering... No, no, no. We're, we're going to do that one in a minute if we have time. Uh, let's find the right one. Not that one. The one you like, Pritchett. Nope, there she is again. Who cares? Dad They're all it. the same. All right, here we go. Yeah. Let's just listen. Top five reasons I stopped considering myself a Christian. Reason number one was faith. I was told that faith is the evidence of things unseen. That's in the Bible. The problem with that is that logically, all faith is evidence of something. If faith is your evidence, my evidence can't be better than your evidence. So if you believe in Buddhism or Hinduism or anything that's not Christianity, and I believe in Christianity, what makes my evidence better than yours? We have um, and so as if on cue with some of the other comments that we got, the fact is that's not what we mean when we're talking about so she's saying, she's thinking, it seems like she's thinking, okay, faith is believing what you know ain't so, or just believing because it feels right or whatever. Or not People understanding that. the Hebrews author well, sure. when but, it but, says but, but faith I, is a substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen, which... Right, well, so, hold on, hold on. The point is she's she's starting off with that understand the colloquial understanding of faith is not necessarily what the Bible is talking about in every case. And then she's saying... So if Hindus do that and Muslims do that and Buddhists do whatever and Christians do that, then then my reason isn't any better than your reason. And sure, right? I, yes, that that may be right. Here's the thing: um, the truth is, well, actually, I don't think that because within a Christian worldview, I think the Holy Spirit is at work in their lives. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, you grant that, uh, right? That's why if we understand Christianity properly about faith, and there go preach it. Yeah. So this idea of faith is loyalty, trust, allegiance is the reason why faith could be the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen is based upon because our in 
in what we in sociocultural terms of the New Testament world, we would talk about patronage, right? Mm-hmm. And based upon the past performance of the uh, of the patron, you can have that sort of loyalty and trust based on you know is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, because it's based on the past performance. That's the context mm-hmm. that informs that statement in Hebrews, which is. Uh, Perseverance and gratitude is what David De Silva calls his commentary because he's trying to bring to light all of these things that a lot of people miss about the book of Hebrews, which is it is just imbued from start to finish with this patron language and patron-client reciprocity and grace and gratitude and how all that works together and how that context informs uh, the background of the whole New Testament in general, but, of course, reading that. So it's not just this wishful thinking. And... In in defense of her, it's not just Aaron Aaron is it Aaron however you say that name. Bring it, guy. It's not just him that's running around peddling bad definitions of faith. There are Christian pastors who have also kind of peddled this idea this out of pure ignorance, and, or Sunday school teachers or small group leaders, right, or whatever. Or parents. And, so, and, and so that's a problem that that's kind of on us, mm-hmm. but it's not a problem that really anyone has said since like what the mid nineties mm-hmm. or before. <laughs> so it's not like a, it shouldn't still be a problem with, uh, you know, Christian circles, even the Sunday school teachers these days, cause they're a lot more, uh, informed than, about this kind of stuff. But, uh, I'm sympathetic, but only to a point because that's like saying, uh, I never read anything more than a Beth Moore book or something. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of also on her, mm-hmm. right? So because I don't give, I mean, I I cut the the rank and file Christians a whole lot more slack than everyone than most people do. You know, we're always we need to teach more doctrine in the church, blah blah blah. And I cut the, the but I don't cut them so much slack to where they're not responsible for their own intellectual development. So yeah, so I actually agree with her that if we take faith to mean that way, at least on the surface. If that's the only reason, let's say that's the only reason you gave someone for why they should be a Christian, they would be kind of at a loss uh, with all the other faith claims going around. But if we don't mean faith that way, if we mean what we, if we mean you, the you know the patron client whole thing of trusting, like Pritchett said, you trust on the basis of prior actions. I'll give you a great example. Pritchett has asked me today to help him move some books and boxes tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna do it. I don't want to do it, but do you know why he can trust that if he asks me to do it, I'll do it? Is because he's asked me before to do that, and I did it. And so now he knows he can look back on previous experience. Not only has Braxton told me he's made me a commitment that if I ask him to do this and he can, he will. But I actually have experience of him having done that. So he's not just giving blind faith that in the future uh, uh, I'll do these incredible things for him, though there's no evidence of that. Uh, no, he's saying no. I, I have this evidence, and so I'm going to trust. Yeah. I'm based my on faith the past in performance him. of Brax and Hunter. I can, I, I the substance of my hope <laughs> that that he'll help me move what's going to be thousands of thousands right. of books. Uh, it's going. It's not thousands, but hundreds. Real quick side note: There's a conversation going on between Chawan oh. and uh, Channel Angel Jim Amberg, who is. Uh, uh, and she says, he says, she says, I don't know. I think she says, does the Kalam cosmological argument even support theism? They're, they're having a discussion about that. And where this goes is uh, we have a video on this where I interact with Cameron Bertuzzi and Rationality Rules' videos on this because 
uh, what people want to say is, oh, look, everything that begins to exist must have a cause for its existence. The universe began to exist. Therefore, the universe must have a cause. Look, it doesn't say God anywhere in either premise or the conclusion. It's not an argument about God, someone might say. Matt Dillahunty has many times said, except for the fact that there is a fuller argument that can be made that involves the conceptual analysis that comes after the standard Kalam, where we talk about what is entailed by this. And so check out that video. Uh, I think it's called the Kalam is about God or something, something like that. Yeah, there's a we've encountered this over and over again. Right. Mm -hmm. And we've addressed it over and over again. And it, mm -hmm. it, we never tire of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the idea that, well, the syllogism doesn't use the word God. Therefore, nothing about it has anything to do with God. Mm -hmm. It's false and a non sequitur. And you should stop saying it. Yeah. Jim Amberg says, uh, Trinity Radio, hey, thanks for saving me some typing and letting me focus back on this video. Well, that's what it was really about. I just wanted you to be able to focus. Um, I, and I do like Uber Scheiber. I know this is kind of in the, in the way where you can't see it, but says, you would, want, you would want to help me. I provide beer and wings when you help me move. Well, that would be very, and they sent me, um, oh, hey, hey. this is the person who sent me the standard Trinity radio uh, that says Braxton. This Mine is Braxton. says proof or drown and, and Jesus. <laughs> no, there's a third baby. one that says proof or drown. Yeah. Yours says. Well, Braxton. I have one like that too, yeah, but yeah, that's yeah. not the fun one. I like to use the fun one that he sent me too. Yeah. Okay, let's get back shows to you it. who he likes better, and I use the I use the one from that's about you know uh, my little interaction with uh, uh, I want to say Cedar Point, what Pine Creek. Uh, I almost for, I really almost forgot it right there. I was thinking I went row. row I called him Pineapple one time. I knew I, to, I knew it was. I was trying. I was not being charitable, and I apologize. No, no I I literally I was thinking. It had to do with wood. And I was thinking, I recently went to Cedar Point. I was like, that's not it. It's Pine. And then Pine Creek. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I didn't. I, that, that's an old man. I know who you are, Pine Creek. Uh, that's just an old man moment. I'm having more of those lately. Derek says, I think the Kalam proves a Hindu god. Haha, ha, suck it, Christians. The atheist experience. Um, I don't know if that's a direct quote. I bet it's not. But if they did say that, then they would be the Hindu experience, I guess, and not the atheist Yeah, experience. which Which one? Um, the okay. one overarching one or the all the one of the other ones? The one, and you'll all be absorbed into it later. Yeah. Right, Same evidence. <laughs> Reason number two, truth. Ever since I was little, I have wanted to know the truth. What is the meaning of life? Am I doing life correctly? How do I know that I'm spending it the right way? How do I know that I'm worshiping the right God? And unfortunately, that desire for truth, I believed to be universal to all Christians. We would all want that, right? definitely not true she's right here there are we know this whenever uh you know if it, if you've ever felt in yourself at times uh it, it, whether you're a christian or not but this has been true of christians let's say there's a doctrinal position that you're becoming convinced is true this has happened to both of us that you maybe didn't really want to be true because now i've got a now I'm, I'm going to have to, you know, I, I'm going to have to change this. Some people are going to get upset. It's going to be this whole thing. If that's ever happened to you with Christianity or anything else, and you, you, there was a push not to accept only for that reason, well, you're pushing against truth there if you think it's turning out that that thing is true. And so that's something that regardless of your worldview is going to come up sometimes, no matter how much bluster there is about 
only after the truth. It does come up sometimes because we're imperfect people and we have all kinds of motivations, not just getting after the truth. But I actually agree with her here that for many Christians, when it, at least when it comes to some things, it doesn't seem that truth is, is the thing. But that's true of everyone. Definitely not. I was lied to so many times and I know I tend to fall for stuff a lot. I'm very naive just naturally. So I would pray okay, that stop God right there. I want to know the truth and I'm very naive. I'll believe just about anything. Okay. So if you want to know the truth, you put a little effort into your research, I think, other than just being so naive that you just want to believe. What you remember how you phased out on me a minute ago? Yeah. Well, I would never phase out on you, but I did phase out on her. Right. What, what did, what are you reacting to here? She just said, I'm naive. God. And unfortunately, that desire for truth, I believed to be no, universal to all true. Definitely not. I was lied to so many times. And I know I tend to fall for stuff a lot. I'm very naive just naturally. That's so I would I'm pray like, that God would I'm give me I'm naturally naive. I want to know the truth, but I'm naturally naive. So I'll just fall for whatever. I mean, help me. come on. If you're going to. All right. Number one, if you're pursuing truth, it's because as Christians, we believe that truth is ultimately the person, Jesus Christ, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So loving truth in and of itself is a Christian virtue for which even our atheist friends borrow uh, because they have been privileged to grow up in a culture that was dominated at one time, at least by Judeo-Christian undergirdings and, uh, you know, pillars, mm -hmm. which even many atheist philosophers these days are... Unlike the religion poisons everything of the early 2000s, atheist philosophers are like, Christianity was really great for the world, you know? And, and so that's why you're concerned about truth. But uh, this naivety thing, she, okay, well, first of all, the lying. I was lied to so many times. I have heard, I don't, I'm not saying anything about this lady, but I've heard this statement from many like her who have left Christianity. Mm -hmm. And... What I was lied to, if you dig under the surface, means they told me something true I didn't like. Well, we can't say that for sure here. I, I just said, I'm okay. not speaking, I'm just saying okay. in my experience, I have found more people say, I was lied to by the church. But something. No, you heard what the Bible teaches is true about something you don't like and you don't want it to be true. That's mm. what they say. That's usually, I'm not saying always, and I didn't say her, but that's usually what's underneath. Well, after listening to a lot of TikToks, and I do that of this sort to try and find things that would be helpful to people to respond to. Mm -hmm. um, I, it, is, it is just the case that there are a few things that often come up. And uh, those are original sin. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem right. Uh, and it's not even the version of original sin that you and I hold to. Right. Um, it, it's a version that includes original guilt, a, a guilt nature in yeah. addition to. And that's one. Another one is hell. Um, and it's a very specific kind of like Dante's Inferno type hell, although not always. Um, and then, but this is by far what, what I see now more than ever, at least on TikTok. And that is what it says about human sexuality, yeah. what, what it says about sexuality. And it, if you, what you're saying is true, then it would sound something. And I, I don't know this about this person, but, but to support a little bit of what you're saying in general about some of these things, it is, um, it is often, well, I know that that's not true what the Bible says about sexuality. And so I feel like I've been deceived or something. Is that what you're getting at? Yes. Okay. Sort of. Uh, yeah. And Derek says, Jacqueline Glenn, who's an atheist content creator, although I don't think she does much atheist stuff now, maybe I'm wrong, but she's, but she felt lied to. He says when she deconverted because of the zeitgeist documentary, the irony, uh, that was a well-known bad, really bad. Like atheists will say it's bad, uh, documentary from, 10 or more years ago, I think. Yeah. 
Okay, let's keep trucking. Not to be deceived. And yet he never did. I was deceived many, many times. I prayed over and over again, please protect me from deception. Never happened. Number three, acceptance. I thought that I would be accepted as a new creation in Christ with my Christian brothers and sisters. And instead, the first time I ever in my life felt like I was really accepted was when I started working at a factory with a whole bunch of sinners. Turns out sinners are much faster at accepting and loving who you are because they don't constantly have this script going in their head of how you're wrong and they need to tell you that you're wrong. Okay, okay first of all, first okay, of all, yeah, like... how do you get to decide that everyone in the factory was not a Christian and that those were all, what she says sinners, I think she means non-Christians. Uh, and maybe she just means her close-knit group in the factory. But that's kind of the thing about the church is we're just almost everywhere, you know? And so when you're talking about the, the sinners in your factory, and they and, and now here's the second thing. They were more loving and accepting. Of the, well, uh, what you could merely mean is that their values were more aligned with the values I was starting to take on. And that doesn't mean that you're like some awful sinner. It just like that what you're doing is awful from, you know, from the average person's perspective. But they might have they might have held views that were just more closely aligned to yours or something. And so you felt more loved and accepted or tolerance was there more or something like that. But I'm sorry, there are really horrible church people. You agree, Pritchett? Say amen. Amen. There are really horrible church people. I got fired by really horrible. Horrible church people. Horrible church people. I've met some horrible church people. But also, the some of the sweetest people I've ever met, the, the most incredible, do anything for you. And, and often in this domain, even the Christians will want to point out, and, and I understand why, because it needs to be called out. And Christians need to be the ones calling it out. I agree with all of that. But we often talk about how awful church people are. It's always so mean, so awful. They treat everybody so bad. They no, they don't. Them. Most of no, them actually they don't. They are wonderful people most of the time. Yeah. Most of the people are wonderful people. Yeah, like... That you'll meet in an average church. I don't care. Okay, tat become face tattoo person. Okay, let me back no, up. Wait, no, wait, wait. So I don't get clipped. I'm going to get clipped. Hold on, I'm in the middle of something. I'm going to get clipped. No. <laughs> Body modification person with horns and face tattoos walks into a Southern Baptist church I grew up in. They're going to be falling all over themselves to shake their hand. This that's idea, true. this idea that Christian, what what typically happens when. But people, that's love bombing and that's bad too. Well, they can't win. It, but, but there's more people like that for face tattoo, body modification, split tongue person going into the most podunk Southern Baptist church and having every single person falling over the pews to shake their hand which I know the, the Aspies say don't do that. But, I mean, this idea that, oh, they're just not accept. Maybe what I've also found when they said they won't accept me is this idea that, well, I have some sin in my life that even though I'm, I'm saying I'm a new creation in Christ, I'm going to hang on to this stuff from my old life, and they won't accept it. Uh, or the new things that I'm developing thoughts about. Right, that have nothing to do with anything Christ would approve of that mm -hmm. obviously shows that I'm not much of a new creation. Yeah, it's always... And see, it's it's this this hyper individualism that we have in our culture, and it's mm -hmm. almost just borderline narcissism, where everything is about me, 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 but, as if that because everyone's got a everyone's so obsessed with their self understanding and self identity, and collectivist culture is just more about how valuable am I to everyone else? How does everyone else esteem me? And the West is all about me and my own self worth, and you should all respect me and my individual expression of my true. You know, if she was an avatar, what would she be in, in the computer land? You know, it just 
get off it. People want you're not the center of the universe. And so this kind of stuff that just drives me crazy is if, you know, as if the collective wisdom of the church corporately is supposed to put up with anything and everything any individual member does. That's right. never that's, been the deal. That's never been the deal. And, and, it, and you know, here's the thing about it is I, I need to I, I'm going to get clipped for what I said. I want to be clear as far as the number of Christians, like the percentage of Christians that are the kind of loving, sweet people give you the shirt off their back type of thing. I don't know what the percentage obviously is of people like that, but I can tell you that in the average evangelical church or the, or just in the average Orthodox Christian church in America, you're going, they're Orthodox in their beliefs. You're, you're going to find uh, very obvious vocal people who are very loving and sweet, who are going to try to make sure that uh, you feel loved that you feel uh, noticed, appreciated. It's not always going to be the church away in every church. I, I grant that. And I want to say something to this person. I, I want to say that I get um, if this really is the case that what we're saying is wrong, that we're reading this wrong. And it really was that the church people were not at all uh, good to you. And the people in the factory were unbelievers and they were all acting like Christians should have acted to you. Then, uh, I'm sorry that happened, and I hate that that happened. Um, and to that extent, I don't want to paint you as this type of person. I don't know the details of that. We're speaking more of generalities of what is encountered, so um, more of a jumping-off point. Um, okay, let's keep trucking. I was allowed to just exist around my non-Christian friends, and it was just wonderful. Number four, hypocrisy. Over and over and over again, I saw that we would circle the wagons whenever a Christian was accused of a crime, and we would all back them no matter what the crime was. Remember Josh Duggar? Remember that? That was very eye-opening to me because so many people rushed to his defense. She's absolutely right. We should call dirtbags dirtbags. Yeah, Duggar is the person with like a bunch of kids or something. Uh, I think she's talking. So the Duggars, yeah, in Arkansas. Um, Sam in Arkansas I don't really know anything about. Okay, they they built this huge house. They had a TV show. They were uh, very oh I don't fundamentalist Christians, and they had tons of kids. That was a thing. Yeah, I knew they had tons. They had Lord knows how many they have now. Okay, but um, there's an infinite regression of Duggar kids. I think, but the (laughs) thing the thing about it is one of them. I think one of one of the boys, the older boy or something. uh, There's a documentary about this. He um, ended up. I think that the claim is allegedly molesting his sisters and Mm. and and i think and they said that this happened and i think this is uh fairly demonstrable uh, or at least not demonstrable but it's settled i think that this happened okay um and so if that's true then i i if call dirtbags dirtbags we're with you yeah i made a i made a statement on this show that somebody made into a meme and it got shared more than anything we've ever shared except maybe debates and that somebody made a thing where i said uh, your pastor being a dirtbag doesn't mean Christianity's false. <laughs> right. True. There's a lot of dirtbag pastors too. But, but I agree with her. There are hypocritical yeah. Christians. Now there are hypocrites in every domain. Uh, as I've said many times, uh, Walmart often has a McDonald's in the store and anywhere you can find a McDonald's just a stone's throw from diet pills and exercise equipment. There's bound to be some <laughs> hypocrites. Right. And so, uh, but Christians shouldn't be hypocrites and they often are. And that's wrong. I, I agree with her. When they would have eaten him alive if he'd been a Democrat. 
victim blaming, victim ignoring completely, and just 100% we're behind this guy. Why? Because he says he's a Christian. We don't even care if he's a creep. Oh, but we care when somebody who's not a Christian is a creep. We care then. And reason number five, love. I completely believed when they told me that God is love. I completely believed it. And if there is a God, I like to think that he is loving. But if he is loving, he can't be all powerful because there's a lot of really terrible stuff that happens. So we got the problem of evil there. Yeah. I respond to that every time. So Pritchett, take it away. What would you say to this? You don't have to give a full-blown theodicy or something, but or you want me to handle it? I'll just say this. We, we affirm that there is something valuable to take from most of the main theodicies, perhaps less from the reformed theodicy, but still something there perhaps. And, um, and, and we, but, but the engine behind all of that is we, we take a free will theodicy and, uh, we, we have think, a million videos on that, but uh, stop your, well, words. someone did hold on. Someone did just ask a little while ago, why isn't there a theistic argument from love? And, uh, the, the, the thing I want to say is whatever you want to say about that interesting question, the idea that, and I'm sure there is, but the but in a theodicy, in a response to the atheistic arguments from evil, one might say one of the common things to say is, look, if God wanted uh, if God is a benevolent God, if he wanted to create uh, beings that would love him and love each other, then part of what that part of what is required for that. Now, not all Christians would say this. Calvinist Christians wouldn't say this necessarily. Not all of them. But uh, if you want real love, you've got to give people free will. Because if it's determined, if it's deterministic, then it's not the highest expression of love. And so it would it would involve free will. But then, of course, you get uh, man is going to use that free will for both good and for evil. And uh, there's a lot more to say, obviously, on that. We have eight hours on that for the patrons in the Patreon uh, group. And, and we have endless- if you'd like to be in the Patreon group, you can go to patreon.com slash Trinity Radio. We would really appreciate it. Yes. Uh, and we we have hours and hours and, and hours of problem of evil stuff. Like you said, you tackle it all the time. Here's how I was going to let you say that because here, so that you got the, the good stuff out of the way. Sometimes you know what you need to Christians listen to me. Instead of giving a the the free will defense or showing that there's no logical contradiction, there's no logical problem of evil. If if you understand that uh, God can have morally sufficient reasons for get, you don't always have to go into all that. Sometimes you just need to sit down with a lady and say, stop whining. The God ain't love because bad stuff is not. There are people who ask God about that in the Bible, <laughs> right? Why is this bad stuff? Sure. There's a yeah. whole dialogue. But it, but, but it does. It. It, but I, I'll give her and this. Sometimes, and sometimes. We all think of it. It's an obvious thing to think I know, of. but sometimes apologists want to always give the apologetic answer, not the biblical answer. It's. Sometimes you just... What's the biblical answer? Shut up. That's what God That's told Job. That's one biblical answer. That is one. Another <laughs> one is, uh, throughout the Bible, is that we... Uh, diversity... Or, uh, not diversity. The other, the other Difficulty one is, builds our moral character. There was exactly. one human being, the God-man, who didn't have it coming, and he suffered the worst of all evils. For you. Sometimes you need to give that answer. Now... So that people like this person whining in the comments uh about Ooh, who created god's not a bad question repent and believe the gospel well they say they asked me a question specifically so i'm going to answer it specifically uh you can't really see it but it says what's the best argument for god's existence 
Well, the one that you've been complaining about is my favorite, the Kalam cosmological argument. Uh, but let me give you what atheists say. Christopher Hitchens was one of the most famous atheists in the world and one of the famed four horsemen. Uh, he was viciously condescending regarding religious beliefs and his confidence, timing and wit made him a rhetorical warrior in debate. Someone asked, what am I reading from? My own stuff. But when asked about the strength of different cases for God's existence, he responded with surprising frankness. He said, at some point, certainly, we're all asked, he means atheist, uh, the four horsemen or popularizers, well, which is the best argument you come up against from the other side? I think every one of us, he says, picks the fine-tuning one as the most intriguing. The fine-tuning, that one degree, well, one degree, one hair different, and nothing. He goes on to say that while he thinks this can be done without God, you, he says, quote, you have to spend time thinking about it, working on it. It's not trivial. We all say that. And Anthony Flew said in his book, There is a God, he was an atheist for uh, most of his life philosopher. And he says this, I now believe that the universe was brought into existence by an infinite intelligence. I believe that this universe's intricate laws manifest what scientists have called the mind of God. I believe that life and reproduction originate in a divine source. Why do I believe this? Given that I expounded infinite atheism for more than a half century. The short answer is this, this is the world picture as I see it that has emerged from modern science. Um, so uh, that I think the Kalam, but that's because I'm not a very sciencey type guy. I'm, I'm not uh, as versed in science, scientific stuff like that. And so if you want that sort of thing, the atheists say fine tuning. Yeah. Or, or any sort of design arguments, whether mm -hmm. it's in the realm of physics or even biology, like the, the ID stuff is powerful. And you know, in the way that you know, it's powerful is on the one hand, people say this intelligent design stuff is a joke and yet they, they go out of their way to respond to what they consider to be a joke. And it seems like they're, they're pulling their hair out, trying to come up with arguments to refute uh, what seems to be irrefutable, especially if you just like, if you just take the basic step, you know, step back from the table, look at it. Yes. Yeah, so, someone made that someone informed that someone designed that. That's, I mean, just, at face value and they go out of your way and a great. Well, that's our go. response. That's our yeah. lengthy response. Uh, Jawan's response back is ain't nothing but a heartache. Ain't nothing but a mistake. That is why I want it that way. I don't know if she's quoting song lyrics or that. Yeah, that's because I did think what she was saying was it's just a big mistake. You that know that design. you've heard that song before. Let me, let me read the lyrics again. Ain't nothing but a mistake. That is why I want it. That I want it that way. Oh, Tell me why. Tell me why. <laughs> yes. My spirit, uh, Twitter spirit Tell animal. We get a super chat from my Twitter spirit animal. One of them. Derek's my other one. I have, by the way, that, that wasn't in sync, was it? That was Backstreet Boys or something, right? One of them. I, okay. I know y'all can't see these and we're going to get back to the video, but Tim the Ancient, who we love, gives us $10. Thank you. Says, I think you that guys underestimate how intrusive people in churches often are. I agree that people shouldn't walk away, but I do think churches have a particular problem with handling interpersonal stuff. Uh, of course, there are problems with that. What we're doing is taking up for uh, the other side of that and while granting that there are people that way. Yeah. But I have to tell you, anecdotally, I have run into a lot of horrible people in church and there are things I could tell you right now, having served as a pastor uh, twice and having served or having been a pastor's son in a megachurch growing up. There is plenty. I remember my father wearing a bulletproof vest into the pulpit. I remember police having to follow us home at night and sleep in our uh, house to protect us. I, I know that we uh, there was letters sent placed in our mailbox 
uh, that described what me and my brother were wearing at school that day and threatening sort of stuff. And these were from th these things happened because of, quote unquote, Christians. And so um, I totally understand and think I speak from a particular position of understanding with this. Now, I've never had any sort of sexual abuse or anything like that. And that is a particularly that is a much more exaggerated uh, hurt than than what I experienced. But I can but I can say uh, that the majority my my impression after being in hundreds of churches, including those churches, is that commonly really loving people that, that want to help you. Yeah. Okay. So my wah, wah, wah. Look, I have dealt with my share. I have a whole debate that's been watched thousands of times where I'm being, you know, treated very poorly by uh, people who profess to be Christians, right? Um, I have pastored a church where, you know, horrible people, and yet still, Will Hess, our friend Will Hess, has been treated horribly by Christians. That's no, that's, that is, is not something that only happens to non-Christian or former Christians. Well, okay? no, they were Christians when it happens. Why they're former Christians, they say. Yeah, but find any group of any, slap any label and you're going to have horrible people on it. It's not, this is because not something. Because free will can be used for good or evil. Right. It's not something that is just pertains to the church as if the church is the only community of people that has all, that has a group of bad actors in it. As if the atheist community, I mean, look, they, tear each other apart all the time nowadays on on twitter same thing with um the lgbtq community they're most one of the most toxic communities on the planet and they destroy each other's lives all the time and snipe at each other every community has people that are awful so what Wah. um my others yes i was gonna say idol killer says Folks abandon their faith over arguments about who was supposed to bring potato salad to the potluck. People are often. Yes. I thought you were going to say churches split over that. I know of a church that split over a guy in Warren County, Tennessee, where a guy, they were having a divide over Calvinism. And one guy, this is the story. Now, if there's legend in this, I don't know, but I know <laughs> the church. And the guy held up a chicken leg at a, at a thing, a potluck, and said, uh, God ordained before the foundation of the world that I would eat this chicken leg. Um, and, and then some, and then one of the free willers grabbed it out of his hand and ate and took a bite and said, no, he didn't. And, <laughs> and, and, and the church, uh, split. That's the, how the story goes. Um, I want that story to be true. Uh, here, Derek says my other spirit, and we should get to Twitter these later spirit. because we can't see them on the screen, but, uh, thank you for the super chat it says from Pritchett's other Twitter spirit animal. Also, the problem of evil has been wrestled with since the dawn of man. They're naive to think it's original. And I don't know that she said it was original, but um, uh, Tim says, oh, they're they're they're, they're uh, it probably wasn't to fair to say you guys underestimate. I always forget how much stuff you guys have done. No, no, no. We're not mad at you. And you're absolutely right to put a little bit of a governor on us there and say, hold on, man. You know that people have been hurt by the church. and I mean, not that you said this, but if that's the vibe, you're absolutely right. They're yeah, I know that. But you know what? Christians, listen to me. I know this is. I always have to say the hard thing. I always have to say the unpopular thing, the thing that is going to make all the people. Well, you've done that really, today a couple of times. Really, don't over-apologize and over-acknowledge the problem as if there's not a problem everywhere else on planet Earth and we're the only ones that are... Yeah, but we're, we're Christians. We're supposed to have the God that... I'm giving voice here to the atheist. You, you, you're the one... You're the group that's supposed to have God behind you making mm -hmm. it 
make you know why do we have why do we have a savior why do we have god behind us because we're awful <laughs> and we need a savior is your wife awful pritchett can be <laughs> <laughs> because she's human not because she's misty uh we can you all know be. how those northwestern arkansas women can be my i'm goodness. not you know what my wife i don't think my wife ever watches this show really but on the chance my that wife she does. can, I'm feeling real uncomfortable with the terrain here right now. But I'm the one that brought us here, so it's <laughs> That's my fault. Right. Um, well, uh, last, let's get back to this. Let's, let's two weeks this. ago on the stream, you wanted my wife to die first. So <laughs> um, I said, "What if?" Did we already cover that guy? We covered that guy. Where's the other person from the uh, from the uh, the guy thumbnail. you want? I'm, the thumbnail. I'm... You you put that person on the thumbnail. There, there he, he is. is. There he is. All right, so here we at go. least do the three from the thumbnail. This is Pritchett's favorite. Did we do the other two from the? Yeah, we did. Yes. Okay. Here I used go. to be a conservative Christian, but Stop. I'm not anymore. And then whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. I, I used. I, I, go ahead. I, I, this is the the late flower spill. I used to be a Calvinist. Uh, then there's also Christians who give their. I used to be an atheist. Right. We always get these. I used to be. So I was, I, I, I understand why they're trying to give um, autobiographical information to help set this up. But one of the things I said in my Calvinism series, for those of you who are patrons that are following it, yes, I'll have the videos, the next set of videos up soon. Uh, you can catch those at uh, patreon.com slash Trinity Radio. Uh, one of the things, the first thing I said was, yes. I used to be a Calvinist, and I want you to know that adds absolutely no credibility whatsoever to anything that's going to follow. None. What, what we want to assess is the words you say. Right. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, this idea that I used to be something mm -hmm. gives you any sort of leg up on or credibility for what follows is nonsense. And that's why in those of you who have seen it, you know that I say that in, right up front. It's like, yes, it's true. I did used to be a Calvinist, but that has absolutely nothing whatsoever uh, to add any credibility to what I'm going to say. And in fact, you know, if you listen to the Calvinists, they'd say it, I was never a Calvinist in the first place, you know, and go with that. Think, just assume that I never was mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then evaluate what I say, because it, it adds nothing. I used to be a baby. Therefore, I know all there is about children and child care and child children's health. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay, okay, let's get on to this guy. So he said he's a conservative. I used to be a conservative Christian. To be a conservative Christian, but no I'm other... not anymore. Say that. What are you going to say there? There's not any other kind. Theologically, theologically conservative. Theological, well, okay. Theological conservatism is just, we believe what the church has believed for 2,000 years on all of this stuff. That's, that's not theological liberalism. There's... All Christianity is conservative Christianity, and everything that's not conservative Christianity is also not Christianity. Now, if you are a theologically conservative Christian, then you are going to be a moral conservative. And on moral issues of the day, you are going to tend to be a moral conservative as well. And if you are a theological and a moral conservative, Braxton, I'm sorry Your to say. Your position will be. Most of the time on most issues in the United States conflict, uh, context, you are going to be politically on the conservative side as well. Not exclusively and not in all cases, but on most of the issues. That doesn't mean Republican. It means conservative. Well done.
Here's why. First, the church culture I participated in created abusive leaders and instead of holding them accountable, platformed them as spiritual teachers. Second, yeah, th th this this was wrong. The, or at least w the what was wrong with Hillsong was wrong. We, we're with you. What the, was wrong in a ton of Southern Baptist churches was wrong. Okay. Yeah, it happened in the Southern Baptist Church, too. Yeah, yeah. a lot of Southern Baptist churches. Yeah, yeah. They used the Bible as a weapon of dehumanization. Okay, and the example of they use the Bible as a weapon of dehumanization is SBC president appears on 60 Minutes, tells Anderson Cooper he couldn't be a good Christian and Southern Baptist as a gay man. That doesn't now, mean he can't is, be a human being. It means he can't be. Look, uh, you, 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 non-Christians are also humans. Non-Southern, I hope to God as a non-Southern Baptist that I am still a human. Yes. So not being able to be a Christian Southern and Baptist. And if you were gay, you would still be a human. Right. That's not dehumanization. Right. Uh, and, and look, is it a big surprise that people who say they believe the Bible, and I, and I know, I know, even I think Kevin told us not too many weeks ago that, hey, guys, if you want Christianity to make it or something like that, you you, you gotta you gotta stop this uh, sexuality stuff. What you believe about sexuality. Um, but here's the thing: is yeah, it a we big need surprise? To give up two thousand years. Is, is it a big surprise that we believe what the Bible says when we say we believe what the Bible says? Is it a big surprise that when the Bible has moral comments about human sexuality, is is it surprising that we would be like, okay, well, we believe the Bible and what it says here? about human sexuality seems to make sense. It seems, and this is the word of God. And and yeah, I mean, is that, I, I understand why people disagree with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised when it's surprised. Well, not surprised, but it should be surprising when it's surprising. To people. Yeah. But that's, this is ridiculous to de, a weapon of dehumanization. No, he didn't dehumanize. It's not dehumanizing to not be a Southern Baptist. <laughs> I'm sorry. This, this is so. This is why. Well, they're saying it's dehumanizing because. Yeah, dehumanizing. Okay, to be a Christian. All, uh, uh, God turned Nebuchadnezzar into a beast for a short period of time. So let's not. Uh, to just just to let you know, if you want to talk about dehumanization, let's talk about actual dehumanization and God dehumanized somebody. Well, okay? he's God. That's different. Right. <laughs> but, but but I'm saying. What happened to Nebuchadnezzar is not what anyone's doing to Anderson Cooper because he can't be a Christian Southern Baptist. Okay, so this this language, listen to me if you're sympathetic to this guy. This language is over-the-top flamboyant language about dehumanization. That That's just saying, please don't take him seriously. I cannot take this man seriously, and he's begging me not to take him seriously when he goes so over-the-top to say it's a weapon of dehumanization if you can't be a Southern Baptist now, here's me going to say something that's going to tick everybody off, but it's a point that needs to be made. I don't know exactly what you mean when you say, as a gay man, could a person who has same-sex attraction and has engaged in homosexual activity uh, be a Christian as and still experience same-sex attraction? Some Christians will say no. I say 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and following, which lists off a number of things, including this, and says such were some of you. People will point yeah. to that and say, well, you're not. So, so that obviously when someone becomes a Christian, if they really become a Christian, if they really believe, then God's going to supernaturally change their desires. So that they, Well, we don't say that about any of the other things that are listed as sins in that passage. Uh, adultery, you're never going to lust after someone ever again. That's never happened. Once a person's a Christian, they never lust anymore. But they're no it, longer committing those You're sins. no longer acting as it, a homosexual. What, you're not like acting yeah, as the whatever The Bible's concerned with what you do. Right. Right. 
Uh, now you are going to be judged for all your thoughts, words, and deeds, but and we mean homosexual sexual. When we're activity. talking about drunkenness and 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 that, they're talking about acting out in in adultery, like repeated offenses, repeated offenses mm -hmm. of drunkenness, repeated offenses of homosexuality. That yes, talking this, about this is act, why I've always said it was. It, it, it's it, like saying homosexuality is not really what the past. It, it's too. It's not nuanced enough. What doing, do you mean? Yeah. If you mean you can't be a Southern Baptist or a, a, a biblically faithful Christian if you don't repent of what the Bible calls sin and attempt to live for him. But if a person has a problem with gossip and they repent and and they continue and they mess up and gossip, it doesn't mean they weren't ever a Christian. Right. It just means that they messed up because, like you say, Jesus came to save us because we're sinners. Right. Right. And we, we have these kinds of proclivities. A homosexual person might end up uh, making a mistake somewhere along the line after they become a Christian, and or not. And, some of them or don't. not, and some of them don't. But, but they the, still. The question is: to. Are you repentant about sin? You can't yeah. even become a Christian if you're not willing to follow Christ and believe what Christ believes and do what. Christ not that does. Braxton Hunter ever would, because he's perfect. But if Braxton Hunter lusts after a woman who's not his wife, right? Mm -hmm. He needs to repent. If a gay man, and say you never never did anything, Boy, you just, you just yeah. had the, the, the temptation. If a gay person has a temptation and repents, it's the same thing. It's Is repentance characterizing your Christian walk, or is willful disobedience characterizing? So if you're saying someone with same-sex attraction can be a biblically faithful Southern Baptist Christian... Uh, and if, there are. If, if their life is characterized by repentance, yes. If someone like Anderson Cooper wishes to openly live as a sexually active gay man, then no, the SBC president is absolutely right that no, you can't be an unrepentant. This is kind of, Christian. this is kind That's of re contradiction repent term. and be baptized. Every one of right. you, this is kind of central to Christianity. Here's the, here's the teaching. Now, if, if you're willing to commit to Christ, you're going to make mistakes. Your sins are paid for at the cross, but if you're, but, but it's not real, it's not a real relationship if you're not willing to repent. Repentance is what uh, what happens to a yeah. person who's genuinely but, saved. But nobody dehumanized anybody, and this guy needs All right, to here we go. up. And to quit. target people different from them and told us that their hate was love. And third, they supported uh, stop a again. lying... Stop again. The hate. Disagreement with lifestyles is not hatred of third, persons. Third, they supported a lying... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, hate. Um, that's that's another thing that means it's not like no, we really don't hate you. That's what other dumb Christians do. No, we really don't. No, stop all that. Just say no. You're ridiculous. There's no, there's no hatred here. You're just being ridiculous. You're a foolish man, and we should not take you seriously if you're going to just use rhetoric like it's hate because we said we we expressed a different idea and have a difference of opinion. No, it's ridiculous. Quit kowtowing and and placating these people. Just tell them to shut up. Well, I won't recommend that you do that because sometimes when people say that, it's because they really have been hurt and perceive a hurt. So this I think guy's we probably approach not even them gay. lovingly. But if a person is a <laughs> spokesperson for a position and is affecting or is impacting people with his with his thoughts, um, I think we can be more straightforward about what we're saying. But oh, everyone is an activist these days. Why do you hate gay people? No, we don't hate gay people. We disagree. Actually, and he says, and they call it love. Now, I, I want to speak to that because the thing about it is. Obviously, every Christian in the chat is thinking this is 
if it's true, now I understand this guy doesn't think it's true, but if it is true that there is a God, that his ways are just, that he's a God of love, and that he is calling for people not to engage in this sort of activity, then what this, if, there, if that's really the setup, then a Christian would, would, would genuinely be correct that the most loving thing is to lovingly address this with people and talk to them about it. Now, I'm going to say something right now that is that that will be taken in a way that is uncharitable, okay? But let's say I'm not anytime you make a comparison in this domain, it will be said, "Oh, you're comparing homosexuality to that thing." I'm making a comparison only to draw out a point about how react how we react to things that we know are not good. So, what do we know is not good? Well, for example, we know that cigarettes smoking is not good. Now, I don't mean that it can't be enjoyable. I certainly don't mean that. What I mean is it's not good for you. It's not good. Okay. Now, if someone... <laughs> I'm with JP in spirit, but Braxton in practice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But if if someone is telling you not to smoke and you, do, you, and you don't believe that cigarette smoking is bad for you, uh, because after all, my doctor smokes Marlboro and all that stuff back in the day. Okay, let's say you're back then. You don't believe that it's that it's wrong. Someone could come off as feeling seeming really kind of unloving towards you to be talking that way. But of course, it's the most loving thing they could do is to talk to you this way about this in a loving way. Now, again, we're not saying, oh, he's saying homosexuality is the same thing as cigarette smoking. That's not the point I'm drawing. The point I'm drawing is when we look at something that we all agree is um, not the way things should be, like people shouldn't be smoking cigarettes, then you would understand the paradigm of how Christians are thinking about this. No, we're not trying to be hateful. We're trying to actually be loving because we love people. Um, and of course, that could come off as very arrogant when Christians have their own uh, issues. Everyone has their own issues they've got to deal with. But we're talking about this one right now. And I think those are relevant things to say. Fair enough. I'm just I wasn't correcting I, you as no, much I as know, I was. I know. I'm just saying sometimes. Uh, if you get in, if you're talking to these activist type people and they're like, don't even take them seriously. Don't try to placate them. Don't try to defend yourself. It's like, oh, I really don't. Hate. Just tell them to shut up. They're being ridiculous because they're being ridiculous. They supported a lying, narcissistic, sexually abusive and vile president. Look, Joe I Biden. can't be the only. Is he talking about Joe Biden, who's been incredibly accused of of sexually harassing women? And is he talking? Oh, he, does he mean Trump? Well, of course he means Trump. Yeah, but but I mean, uh, Joe Biden fits narcissistic. I mean, you know, he fits a sexual abuser. He's vilely like sexual abuser. Yeah, he was credibly accused. Easy there, pal. Say alleged or something. He didn't. <laughs> okay. Well, so we're not him. Saying, we're not him. I said okay. credibly accused. Joe Biden was credibly accused. Joe Biden's so, daughter's journal says he. Well, let's not get into that, man. Let's yeah. Not so do I'm just saying. They're all vile. All political candidates are typically vile people. Yeah, it's a it, well, and here's the bottom line is, do you know why many evangelical Christians supported Trump? Now, I did a video on this when he was still president, I think, or just after. No, it wouldn't have been. It would have been after, I think. But anyway, ha the chat all thought after that video or the comment section thought, 
I thought Bra- Braxton is totally against Trump in all of these things. Like, right. I came off, I came off as the anti-Trump guy. I guess. Yeah. The reason I, I don't, I'm not going to defend Trump's moral yeah, character. If yeah. you want to do that, go ahead. No. I'm not going to defend Trump's moral character or what his crimes are or anything they're trying to figure out now. Of course, I think there's political stuff going on there. That's not what what I, I want to say. What I want to say is the reason that a lot of people were pro Trump at the time who couldn't stand the ethics, morality, and all that of Trump. Uh, was a lot to do with the subject of abortion. And the fact is, for some people, they're a single-issue voter because they actually believe this is a genocide taking place uh, or something like that. And they're like, look, he he may not be what I want in some respects, but if he's going to help stop this, then I'm going to support him. And whether you agree with that sort of thinking or think it's short-sighted or truncated or uh, flawed in some other way, it's not quite the same as, oh, look, all these Christians like this guy who's a liar in a turncoat or whatever. Yeah, and of course, we bash Trump all the time. And when we put him on our thumbnail next to Bono, it's one of our least viewed things because they know, oh, they're just going to go off on Trump again. Look, we like this. We, We stick it to every, well, I stick it to every political party, uh, when they do something bad, I'm going to call it out. I, I, sure. I, I spare no one. And that's going to irritate some of our people. Cause we have a lot of right wing people, uh, who watch, uh, uh, Trinity radio that, that probably like Trump. And I don't begrudge other people for who they vote for. Okay. But I'm still going to say what I think is, is the right thing to say about regardless of politics. Cause you know, most politicians are garbage. I mean, they're all status anyway. And I think anarchy is the way to go. Faithiest Atheist, who I have appeared twice with now, just go back and look at the community posts on this channel and you will find at least a link to the first one. Um, And we have had some great, great conversations there uh, on Fan's channel, Exploring Reality. And so I hope you'll check it out. He says here, and uh, have we gotten everything we want out of this guy or is there more to get? It doesn't matter. I've been doing bad comment visibility the whole time. Here's what he says. We've been at this an hour and a half. Some people say homosexuality, like ISIS, out to get out to get us all. Some say it's like being a meth addict, deadly, but you can still be a good person. And some say it's like left-handedness, harmless. Now, all this tells me, Richard, is that you don't understand the sinfulness of left-handedness. This is an egregious sin, not against God, but against te- school teachers in the past. And <laughs> uh, so, but no, uh, good comment. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. I hope I get to meet you, uh, at the unapologetics conference in. Yes. I wore this shirt from Texas to, uh, to, to mention that we're going to be at in Texas next month and, uh, going to meet the faithiest atheist in person as many others have done. So he goes on to say, look, I can't be the only person with a story like this. I, I, I don't like Trump and I don't like, well, a lot of people don't like Trump that are Christians. So I don't, I don't get what these people are going on about anyway. Um, yeah, I don't, you could play the rest of it. See if he says anything worth listening. Any person with a story like this. So by all means put, you- uh, he's just saying, if you got a story like this, share your story in the comments. So, um, we've come to the end. We've kind of gotten the comments and stuff as we've gone. I am so irritated. That's why I don't get on TikTok because I would just. This has irritated you. I would be. I would be. They would dub me. Well, he sure is the grumpy Christian. Is your blood pressure up? It gets up when I listen to the, these people. Well, you're you're of a certain age now. We don't want your blood pressure. That's right. 
<laughs> okay, well, this was a fun show. And uh, let us know in the comments. Oh, I didn't do any kind of poll or anything this time. But let us know in the comments what you think about all of this. Hey, Rich is going to be there. All right. And yeah, Rich, he's told Salado. us he's going to be there. How do you say that town? Salado? Salado. Salado. Okay. We're it's gonna a be cowboy Salado. church. I heard it's a cowboy church. Cowboy church. It's going to be awesome. And Pritchett and I are going to do a, a Trinity. I wonder if we could stream it live. But we're going to do a um, uh, <laughs> Eli. Look at this. Eli Ayala is calling me. Which means he's not watching because otherwise he'd know you're busy. That's what gets my blood pressure up. I'll right, right, I'm now. saying. Call um, it out. Daggummit, Eli. I, I totally get that. If you know, I, I'm surprised. We're like, going to do a live. Idol killers here. I, I don't I'm going to start talking about you when I make videos that you're not in, Jonathan. Hmm. And then everyone in the chat will know what I'm talking about, and you won't. And it'll be great. But listen, um, what was I going to say? Uh, we're going to do a live Trinity radio in front of a live audience. If anybody shows up uh, from the Cowboy Church next month and maybe we'll stream it. If there's a way to stream it, we'll stream it. But we'll see. Uh, this has been awesome. Pritchett, any parting words? Peter Fox says left handedness is an abomination and mildly irritating. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yes. Everyone have a lovely weekend. And I know that you and I will be moving tons and tons of books. So. And if you walk away from Christianity, let it be for good reasons. And unfortunately, there are none. We'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.